Catholic Doctrine Bible Study. This is session 224. I'm your host, Jim Hawk, and in this session, we'll continue on in our study of Isaiah. So are you ready for some more New Testament quotations that come from Isaiah? Uh, first place I'd like you to turn to, unless you're driving, of course, would be Isaiah chapter 28, verse 16. And um, God says to Isaiah, I want you to underline this. See, I'm laying a stone in Zion, a stone that has been tested, a precious cornerstone as a sure foundation. He who puts his faith in it shall not be shaken. So after you've underlined verse 16 in your margins, I want you to write uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 42 and 43. So Matthew 21, 42, 43. Acts chapter 4, verses 8 through 12. Romans chapter 9, verse 32 and 33. And if that's not enough, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 7. Now, why do you suppose that New Testament writers use this verse quote this verse four times, four different times in the New Testament, because it's what should be the cornerstone for our lives, for our decision-making, etc. It is Christ. And even though Isaiah is writing this in uh, years long before Christ, uh, we have a, the ultimate fulfillment of that in, in Christ. So, uh, you know, we see, we see that four times. You know, Jesus is the, the cornerstone, if you will. Okay, now before uh, chapter 28, you know, there were some oracles against, uh, um, you know, other, other nations. There were some, um, you know, there were, and so for our purposes, we're going to skip through that. And I think the next place I want to go to is in what we would call the second book of Isaiah, which begins with uh, chapter 40. Now, you'll recall the historical background of chapter 40 is this is written between 540 B.C. and 537 A.D. So we've skipped about 150 years from the first part of Isaiah. And uh, so... The, uh, the people are allowed to start coming back to Jerusalem, okay? But, um, you know, not, not all of them have come back yet. And so let's take a look at the promise of salvation. The, the people are, are being liberated and are being allowed to come in. So that said, Get your crayons ready, and let's do some underlining, and uh, let's put some things in the margins here. Okay, how about chapter 40, verse 3? A voice cries out in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the wasteland a highway for our God. Okay, and in your margins, write Matthew chapter 3, verse 3, which undoubtedly you will recognize as... John the Baptist saying, you know, people are saying, so who are you? And he says, I am, I am the one whose voice cries out, make straight the, the paths of, of God. Okay. So uh, anyway, John the Baptist says um, it was of him 
that the prophet Isaiah spoke about when he said, um, I, you know, he's preparing a way for the Lord. Okay, so that's just one. Moving on, how about, and there are many of these, so I'm just, I'm just going to highlight some that are, uh, you know, kind of uh, essential. How about chapter 2, verse 1? Here is my servant whom I uphold, my chosen one with whom I am pleased. Um, so how about in your margins after you underline chapter 42, verse 1, right? Matthew chapter 3, verse 17. You'll recall that uh, God, as uh, Jesus is baptized, uh, we see God the Father, God the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove. We see Jesus all there. And uh, God says, this is my son in who I am what? Well pleased. Um, the verses after that, verse 2, uh, Jesus kind of explains this to his disciples in uh, from next to verse 2, right? Matthew chapter 12, verses 19 and 20. Jesus explains in Matthew chapter 12, 19 through 20, verse 2, which says, not crying out, not shouting, not making the voice heard, his voice heard in the street. A bruised reed he shall not break, and a smoldering wick he shall not quench. So Jesus is explaining this to the disciples word for word in Matthew 12 about what he is, uh, what he is about there. Okay. Ah, uh, what about, uh, okay, now we're going to, get into some real heavy stuff here. Let's look at Isaiah chapter 50. Who do you think is the ultimate fulfillment of this prophecy in Isaiah chapter 50? Verse 6, I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who plucked my beard, my face I did not shield from buffets, that's like punches, and spitting. So I want you to underline chapter 50, verse 6, okay? And in your margins, you can write Matthew chapter 26, verse 67 and 68, as Jesus is being uh, uh, scourged and, and whipped, okay? Now we get into the real thing. Okay, here would be a great thing. If you want to win money on Jeopardy!, and uh, they ask you, uh, what chapter in all of Isaiah do we see the most uh, prophecies about the coming Messiah, Jesus? The answer is Isaiah 53. Isaiah 53. Uh, let, let's look at this. And you got to have your crayons out for this. Isaiah 53, turn to it. Um, verse 4, yet it was our infirmities that he bore, our sufferings that he endured. Um, and that is Matthew chapter 8, verse 17. Write that in there. And of course, then, as with all of these, you know, you go to the New Testament verse and you cross-reference the Old Testament verse. So when you go, you know, because so many times in the New Testament, it'll, it'll say, this, this was done... Uh, as it was written, and then you wonder, where was it written? Well, I'm giving you where it was written, okay? Um, 
How about verse 5? He was pierced for our offenses, crushed for our sins. Upon him was the chastisement that makes us whole. Chastisement is like being beaten with a whip. By his stripes we were healed, the stripes that went on him when, when he was whipped. We had all gone astray like sheep, each following his own way. But the Lord laid upon him the guilt of us all. Though he was harshly treated, he submitted and opened not his mouth. This is verse 7. Let's continue on in verse 7. Like a lamb led to the slaughter. Okay, maybe in addition to underlining it, uh, circle the word lamb. John one twenty seven. John the Baptist says, uh, to Jesus in John one twenty seven, John the Baptist says, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Okay. Um, verse 8. Oppressed and condemned, he was taken away. Who would have, and who would have thought any more of his destiny? Uh, when he was cut off from the land of the living um, and smitten for the sin of his people. Verse 8 is quoted in Acts chapter 8.32, excuse me, chapter 8, verses 32 through 35. That's where Philip is explaining to the Ethiopian eunuch who's reading Isaiah, and he's saying, what does this mean? You know, oppressed and condemned, he was taken away uh, when he was cut off from the living and smitten for the sin of his people. The Ethiopian eunuch says, what am I reading here? And Philip explains to him, probably explains, okay, that's from Isaiah, and it was fulfilled by Jesus there, okay? Um, verse 9, the second part says, he had done no wrong nor spoken any falsehood. And um, in, I want you to underline the second part of uh, 53, verse 9. Put First Peter chapter 2, verse 22, where it says, he committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. Uh, let's see. So we've already got that. Um, how about uh, continuing on in verse 53? How about the, the last verse of that? Verse uh, 12, I guess it is. Um, it says, he was counted among the, the wicked. Uh, in Luke 22, verse 37, it is, uh, you know, he was he was with the transgressors, okay? So he's counted among the wicked. Um, he, he shall take away the sins of many and win pardon for their offenses. Um, Jesus quoted this word for word, you know, it is necessary that the scripture be fulfilled. And there's, of course, the two, the two thieves there. Okay. Uh, again, in the interest of time, I'm just pointing out uh, some of the uh, some of the ones that just kind of leap leap out at you. What about Isaiah chapter 56? Isaiah chapter 56, verse seven. Um, the last part of it says. My house shall be called a house of prayer for all people. And in your margins, after you've underlined that, because it's important you underline it, write uh, Matthew chapter 21, verse 13. Jesus quoted and said this 
uh, as he was, uh, you know, driving people out of the temple because there was all of the uh, trading going on there. And uh, he said, uh, you know, my house is, is a house of prayer, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. So where he said, hey, my house is supposed to be a house of prayer. He's quoting from Isaiah chapter 56, verse uh, 7. So all of these are from, uh, you know, the, uh, the uh, uh, you know, the, the part of Isaiah that deals with um, uh, the people in, in exile in, in Babylon. Okay, now um, we will get to how about chapters 56 through 66, which is after the people are allowed to uh, to start returning, okay? So it's a little different perspective, a little different uh, author. Um, he urges the people, okay, great. So now you're, you're coming back. That's great. And uh, so what are we, uh, what are we supposed to do about this? Well, he talks a lot about fasting. He talks about confession. He talks about... Um, Oh, well, here's another reference to Christ. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 6. Um, All from Sheba shall come bearing gold and frankincense. Well, who does that remind you of? Jesus is an infant and the people from Sheba, in other words, from the, from the east, from far lands, from Midian, etc., uh, so they are bearing gold and frankincense for for the the, the Lord. Um, now here's one chapter sixty one. Jesus quotes this in the temple, or I should say, in the synagogue in his uh, hometown, or at least home area. Um, I'll read this chapter sixty one. The spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He has sent me to bring glad tidings to the lowly, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and release the prisoners, to announce a year of favor from the Lord and a day of vindication by our God, to comfort all who mourn, to place on those who mourn in Zion a diadem instead of ashes, you know, a crown instead of ashes, to give them oil of gladness in place of mourning. And Jesus closed the book. He was reading this to them, the, the people in the synagogue. And then when he finished reading, he closed the book and said, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Okay, so Jesus quoting Isaiah there. Okay, very Im important. Um, let's see. You know, there's, there's just so much here that... Um, I, I had promised you before um, in the first session when Isaiah said, hey, I don't want your lousy sacrifices. I told you later on, Isaiah will further explain what he means by that. Okay, in chapter uh, 64, verse 5, Isaiah says, all our good deeds are like polluted rags. Okay, but... You know, the previous 63 chapters, if you look at the whole thing in, in context, it says, 
the people did no good deeds. You know, they were a bunch of jerks. They, they didn't take care of the orphans and the widows. They walked away from God's work. They didn't obey, right? So once again, uh, you know, they, you know, they turned to idolatry and everything else. The reason he's saying, you know, your, your, your good deeds are like polluted rags, it's uh, because they, you know, they didn't do very many good deeds, right? And uh, so some Protestants would say, well, you know, your good deeds don't count for anything. They're like as, as filthy rags. Well, if they are not done with the recognition that it is God that is calling us to good works, you know, if you're just wanting to do a good deed because you you want the accolades of or the notoriety of doing a good deed, then yeah, it's it's as filthy rags, just as as it would be to um, you know just to uh, go to mass, you know, for the sake of being seen and all of that. Okay, so it's your attitude, but it's also your actions. Okay, there's plenty in Isaiah about the lack of actions or the bad actions of the people, particularly the, the leaders. And uh, we are encouraged in Isaiah chapter 65. Um, uh, Jesus says, uh, Here I am for a nation that did not call upon my name. That's us, right? That's the Gentiles. That's in 65 verse 1. Um, he says uh, in 17, I am about to create new heavens and a new earth. The things of the past shall not be remembered. Instead, there shall also be rejoicing and happiness. Again, that's chapter 65, verse 17 and on. And so that, my friends, is what uh, we pin our uh, faith and hopes on, is that in the new world, there will not be the problems that we have in this world. And uh, uh, Isaiah 66, uh, the last thing I want to say is uh, you want to underline 66 verse 18. It says, I come to gather nations of every language, not just the Jews, okay? Um, they shall come and see my glory. I will set a sign upon them, okay? And uh, so it's going to be great, and there's going to be lasting reward, but also there is going to be lasting punishment, as is summarized in verse 22 through 20, uh, 24. Lasting punishment for those who, who don't repent, who don't turn towards the Lord. So uh, that is the three-session section on Isaiah. And uh, so lots to think about there. Unfortunately, we're out of time again. So let's pray in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for this book of Isaiah and for the many, many, the 85 uh, quotes in the New Testament that come, that come from Isaiah, showing that people of all time have always yearned for a Savior. We as Christians, we as Catholics know that we have you. We're not waiting for you. You have appeared to us. You have given us the way. You have given us encouragement for the future. Um, you have told us to trust in you, not to other powers. And we know that you will be with us in good times and in bad. And most importantly, 
in the next uh, earth as well, in the the next uh, trip of our journey. We know this world is not our home. And so we trust in you, Lord. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen.